0: It's the next up podcast, everybody. Jonathan Pearson and the, well, there's a lot of Dustin Bates
1: actually, but hey, what's up?
0: So we're back with another episode. We promised the folks we'd be back in March, Dustin, and we have kept our promise. We are men of our word. What? And it's
1: like beginning of March because we were so excited and we know you are too. Well, You're welcome.
0: It, when I went back and looked, it was literally the last episode was published on f- February 1st. and so we almost skipped a month, but not we quite. Al- almost almost skipped a month. but hey, we are ready to rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. And Dustin, before we get started and we jump into everything, I wanted to, and I've, I've mentioned this to you, I'm pretty excited. I just um, finished writing a book um, called Be the Switch about living our life, um, but living a calling through our life. So what do we do when we already have a job, we already have work? How can we add purpose to that? I've, that's one of the questions, Dustin, I get a lot. Um, mm-hmm. How do I do what I do, but do it for a different Different calling and do it for a different purpose, and so Dustin, I just turned in that book. It's called "Be the Switch." Uh, you can go to my blog, jonathanpearson.net/slash/be-the-switch, and uh, check out more about that. Before we get started, I just wanted to make mention of that and give a shameless plug, Dustin. You should have given that. So it did not make me look. Hey, bad.
1: no, no, no. I should have given, but I do. I think that's a needed. That's a needed thing. Um, because you're right. It's it's great to talk about leadership and and all these wonderful ideas and entrepreneurship, but the reality is most of us are in a place where um. You know, we got obligations and family and bills to pay, and um, you know sometimes it can feel overwhelming. But doesn't matter. We can still lead where we are, still be effective. And so, uh, so no, I'm and, excited about reading
0: it myself and we need missionaries in the workplace. They all don't need to be working for a church. And so, right. um, anyway, so hopefully, uh, that's, that's what it, that's, that's what that'll lead to. But Dustin, would you like to introduce the topic? This is kind of uh, your brainchild. Maybe, maybe I should see how it turns out before I say that. Um,
1: this is really good. I will totally claim this idea. So what we wanted to talk, uh, with everyone about today is how to recognize unhealthy patterns. And so where this is coming from is, as uh, we're always talking over topics of trying to find something that, you know, we certainly feel is relevant to us as young leaders. And, you know, many of us, many of us older millennials, I guess we can say, you know, Jonathan, you and I are on the top end of the millennial. Um, we're the old list. farts. We're the, we're the old farts of the millennial generation. but you know we have been in our careers now we have uh, for a few years we we're you know most of us or many of us are married uh, you know children are part of the equation now for many of us in our age range and so you know here we are kind of kind of midlife ish in a sense you know still starting out no you know, but not crisis. a crisis you know not a midlife crisis i have not bought a a convertible um yet. sports car yet but i'm thinking about it but you know the reality is is that patterns Especially negative ones often develop slowly over time, and so that's what we want to talk about today: is how to recognize unhealthy patterns that you know may not be out of hand yet. But the reality is, uh, you and I don't want to wake up in 10 years, in 15 years, and realize, "Oh my gosh, I wish I'd have thought about this in my early 30s, in my late 20s, and made these changes." Now, I didn't even realize how that would have affected me down the road. And so, and we've heard those stories of people who have gotten Absolutely. The, too many
0: of them, too many of
1: them. So Anyway, so to start this off today, we want to talk about the first thing is to evaluate, to evaluate. And so we have a quick definition of what that means is ask what in my life is draining me right now. So, Jonathan, you want to kind of clue us in on on what you feel about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's really easy, um, especially, you know, when – when, when you are young, we've talked about this before. It's really easy to get into the pattern of just like literally working your tail off. And so, you know, and like you said, a lot of us have families, we have kids, we have um, mortgages to pay. We have, um, even a social life that we want to keep a little bit. And so it can get really, really easy for us to go from one thing to, um, to the other. And I think within that, the only way to stay healthy is you have to figure out, um, what is, what is draining you? Because if not, you're going to To be literally full speed ahead all the time, and what eventually happens, and you know, most of our um, more experienced leaders would tell tell us this. But if we continue to run on fumes, eventually we run out, and so um, it's unhealthy to continue to work in something that's draining you. And now we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute a little more. But I mean, there's absolutely times where you have to do those things that drain you, but. Yeah. Recognizing those unhealthy patterns is evaluating and saying, okay, what is draining me right now? Not so that you can all always quit it because that's just not the mm-hmm. case. But if you recognize it, then you can better manage it. Um, uh, because like I said, you're trying to, you're trying to do a lot. You're trying to establish yourself. You're trying to, to move up the ladder no matter, no matter what you're doing. And so, um, you have to realize what is, what is draining you.
1: I heard, a, uh, I I think it's actually, it was another podcast several months ago and, it was a, a guy, you know, has been successful. He, uh, coached at the college level and some different things across his careers. And he had a phrase, of course, I can't remember what it is now, but the, the basic premise was of looking at your life and the things that are taking time, but that are in a sense unimportant. And so an, an example of that would be, we all hopefully brush our teeth at night. Well, it's a waste of time. If brushing our teeth would take say 30 minutes and I'm sure it doesn't. And that's a Outrageous example, but let's pretend it was taking us thirty minutes every night to brush our teeth. Well, that's a, a necessary, you know, action that we need to do to have healthy dental hygiene. But it is taking an unnecessary amount of time. Yeah. And so, one of the things he, you know, he said, you know, um, maybe it's reorganizing the drawer. You know, so you know where your floss was, you knew where your toothpaste was, you knew where this was. You know, um, coming up with a system. You know, and, it's, and I thought it was just really, you know a great idea that how many things in our life because you're right we still have lives um one of the next questions we have is you know am i making time for the things and the people that i love the most and the reality is is that in unhealthy patterns that answer is typically no that's why it's unhealthy yeah and so all of a sudden we are taking too much time doing this or we're not getting all of our work done at work because maybe we're not being disciplined enough at work or, you know, so we're tending to bring our stuff home on the weekends or vice versa. And so, you know, it's building healthy systems by evaluating where am I spending most of my time and is that really where I need to be spending it? So I thought that was
0: just really good advice. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you think about, you know, marriage, for instance, um, you know, when you first get married, you you know, you you go on the honeymoon, there's a week two, where you don't have anything else to do. I mean, you are fully madly in love. Um, But if if we're not careful, like that's the, the the pinnacle of our marriage, because after that, what Mm -hmm. happens? We begin to have bills. We begin to see needs. We begin to hang out with our friends. And before long, we'll eventually just kind of abandon that if we're not, if we're not careful. And so the busier that life gets, and The more we have to constantly evaluate because it's no longer are we just on the honeymoon, but we're throwing other things into our Mm -hmm. lives. So no longer are we just working a job, but now we're throwing this other stuff into our life. No longer are we just doing a job, but now we're leading people. No longer are we just living life, but now we have kids. And so if we're not constantly evaluating, especially the busier we get, the busier we get, the more we have to evaluate. Um, If not, we will Stop making time for those things we love. We'll stop making time for those things that refuel us, and make more time for those things that are drain us. And I, and I actually love this question, Dustin. I don't think you've mentioned this, um, uh, but one of the questions to ask in the evaluation is, and we'll put these in the show notes. But what in my life, if it continues, is unhealthy? You know, I mm. think I think that is a huge, huge as a huge question to ask because once again you can do things for short spurts of time but Mm, what in my life if it continues are you prepared for that like are you prepared if you continue to head in that direction are you prepared um with with what's going to happen and that's that's a great evaluation question
1: that's a great evaluation and kind of kind of
0: even along with the same line of if i
1: if i continue this action for the you know for the next five years where does that where does that bring me because you're right i mean maybe it is even i'm so busy i'm never getting to eat healthy you know, I'm always having to go out for lunch, or I'm always having to do this. Well, you know, let's take that to a conclusion. That's okay for a week. You know, it's sure. okay maybe for a season of you know time. Man, I have to get this project done. Um, but to do that over years, that's that's wasting money. That's obviously not healthy. I mean, you're possibly not spending the time with people you need to. You're not taking a break and shutting down. I mean, you know, so so that simple action. So evaluating those things of, you know, let's let me look at the, you know, all the actions in my life. Some of these. Most of these are absolutely necessary, but am I leveraging the time surrounding them to be yeah. as efficient as possible? Because you're right. At the end of the day, you know what do we really want to do? I mean we really want to hang out with people we care about. We really want to do the things that 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 we enjoy. You know, nobody really wants to have to waste time. Sure. but I think we do it without recognizing it.
0: You know, I think along those same lines, I think when when I get ready to go somewhere, if I have to put an end destination into my GPS, Well, I think a lot of us do things without knowing the end destination. And so we literally follow life's whims and where it tries to tell us to turn without ever dictating where we're heading headed in the long run so we have to think about like what's my final destination if i head down this road and i continue to head down this road is this healthy that could be um men or or ladies too that could be from a sexual standpoint that could be from an eating standpoint that could be from an alcohol standpoint that could be from an exercise standpoint that could be from a spiritual standpoint set your destination in your gps don't just follow the road that you're going down otherwise you're going to wind up somewhere that you didn't necessarily want to be you have to constantly evaluate
1: yeah, an example is my destination is Awesome Town, and so obviously I am not heading in the right direction. Which, but but that is that was so so. somewhat I think I'm using like the Apple Maps of life versus the Google Maps. Yeah. And so right now it's kind of got me in the middle of the ocean, I think. But you know, but anyway, but that's that's how it's supposed to work, ladies and gentlemen. I was that's watching. Really
0: a, I was I was watching um The Office the other day, and they followed the GPS into the lake. Do you remember that episode? I do remember that, episode. Episode.
1: <laughs> that 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 is a pretty good equivalence to how life feels, honestly, <laughs> when your GPS takes you to the lake. All right. The next one, ladies and gentlemen, is – so we had fat evaluate. The next one is community. And, um, boy, this is important. Um, Jonathan, you and I were just talking about a, a guy that we both mutually know and how it is so the tendency – of people, you know, whether you're in church or not, whether you have good friends or not, family or not, that when we get into an unhealthy season, we retreat from the very people who know us best, who often love us most, and who can be the most honest with us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, um, you know, even if you think about from thinking along those lines of unhealthy patterns, you know, I think a lot of times we think of that um, community is there just for a social aspect, but I think there's a mental aspect there too. I think so many unhealthy patterns start in our mind Mm -hmm. and it really does take community. It takes honest people that know us to be able to reverse our thinking. I think um, that the things in our head, the people only closest to us can change those things. And so if we retreat from community and we don't have those people that can be honest with us and we can't be honest with ourselves, then we're going to continue to head down those bad thought patterns and ultimately those unhealthy patterns because all most of those, if you think about it, most of those start in your mind.
1: Yeah, because I think c- certainly one of the things that community does do for all of us is it does give us the proper worldview, if you will, and you know, and that's an e- an easy example of that is the saying, you know, show me your friends and. I'll show you your future. So we, so we know that for teenagers, you know, we know that if teenager A gets with group, you know, B over here and group B happens to be into all the wrong things, well, teenager A probably will begin to do those things. And so it will emulate those unhealthy patterns. And so within normal community, whether it's family, whether it's friends, church community, you know, as pastors, I think we have seen this pattern happen a lot and it's not exclusive just to church members. It's, to leaders and, and people with influence that whenever they begin to develop unhealthy patterns, generally the first thing they do is instead of evaluate, they ignore or they shift blame or they, or they refuse to deny things, right? Yeah. They deny refusing things wrong. And so because there's pressure now, pressure is being applied by the group, by the community. The first thing to do is kind of like the frog out of the boiling water. You just want to jump out, you know, you know, I don't want the pressure. You don't, you don't know what's best for me. And it's really heartbreaking because then what we will do, and I've seen this pattern over and over, I've mean, experienced it some, is that then we will find people who don't have our best interests, that don't know our background, and they will tell us what we want to hear.
0: Yeah, so That's the exact opposite of what any of us need. And the higher you go, the more influence you have and more authority you have, the more of those people you'll find, too, that are just going to tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, I agree. And I think,
1: you know, not to be all preachery for a second, but I think that, you know, when, when God came, you know, when Jesus came, you know, um, God in the form of man, he immediately, at the launch of his ministry, built a community, and even though he was the teacher, he continually chose humility with those guys, even leading up to the culmination of washing their feet, that that's what it is. You know, God came to be humble, and I think that's a, that's a powerful thing, so you're right, the more influence, the more power we get— um, that doesn't give us the ability to do what we want. That actually should say, well, I have to be more of a servant because yeah, elsewise, so. then the community no longer, no longer serves what I need and it won't help me when I become unhealthy.
0: Well, you know, Adam and Eve, or Eve was alone when she was tempted. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I th- I think that plays a, a big role into it. And I think oftentimes sin is what keeps us uh, to ourselves because we don't want to be vulnerable. You know, When Adam and Eve, when they, when, when they sin, they realize they were naked. In other words, they were vulnerable. Their covering was taken off. And I think a lot of times we realize when we're going through patterns of sin or we're going through pat- unhealthy patterns, we feel vulnerable. And that's one of the reasons why we want to kind of seclude ourselves because we don't want anybody to know we feel vulnerable. We feel like the covering's been lifted off. That people are going to find out what we're doing. People are going to find out who, who, we're, who we're becoming. And so often, you know, it, it, it means we retreat and we run away from community. But... But if you want to recognize unhealthy patterns, you have to evaluate. But you also have to run towards community, not not shrink back from it. Yeah,
1: which I think I think the the closing thought to that is community feels natural when you're in a healthy season and you want to be around people. Yeah, but it actually becomes very unnatural, or it feels very unnatural. Because you're right. We want to. We want to withdraw. But that's exactly when we have to fight that notion. And so that's why we yeah, can't absolutely. just say, I am I don't feel like it. I don't feel it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we feel. Our emotions cannot dictate um, the reality around us. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a pert- if I if,
0: if I was what I feel like or what I want to be, I would be ripped. I would be able to eat lots of Mexican food, cheese dip and cheeseburgers. Well, I just believe in and I would have know, a cooler beard.
1: I just believe in making your own reality. Yeah. So if that's what, if that's what you are, then I cannot claim otherwise. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot talk about well, so little life, little life there, lesson. a little, little millennial life, there. Yeah. life lesson there, a little postmodern, my post-modern. mirror and
0: my wife claim differently. So go ahead.
1: <laughs> so all the real truth in your life <laughs> say, that's not true. <laughs> all right. Number three. And the final one is, uh, and I, I love this one is recognize seasons, recognize seasons. And so I think, um, you know, certainly what this means to me is, and you know, Jonathan, you can attest this too, is when we spoke about the, like the marriage analogy. Man, when 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 something like that, a life event happens, that's a brand new season, and often it brings a lot of newness and excitement, and, and you know, but at the same time, recognizing then that, you know, I can't just not show up at home at the end of the night. Now I'm no longer. You know, a single man, I, you know, I can't just be out and say, well, I was just with my friends, you know, who, who are you to know? Well, that was a, that was a life change, you know? And so of course now the license we're in now is we, we have kids and so all of a sudden, you know, I, we don't have the time or we can't watch what we used to on TV because of, you know, don't want them to hear this yeah, or that, yeah. be exposed to that, or, you know, and so all of a sudden now, if I were to say, I, I refuse to change, you know, I refuse to to take on the responsibility. I mean, I love my kids, but you know, I don't want my life to change. I want to do what I want to. And so obviously that becomes not just unhealthy for us, but also those around us.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I think Uh, Dustin and you have an extra kid than me but one of the things that I think I'm learning as I get older and I I shouldn't say that because still 31 but anyway but one of the things I'm learning is that life balance is never going to happen like I think we have this idea in our head that everything is going to balance out and that's our job is to keep everything in balance to keep our work to keep our family to keep our personal our social our spiritual to keep all this stuff in balance Well, the truth is it's never going to be in balance but things are going to be in season so in other words when you have a newborn you have to be more plugged in to what's going on at home to your 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 child uh, when you have a newborn you have to that's the season of life you're in but as you get older and your kids get older then you can be that season of life will take you to other places so i don't think we're ever necessarily balanced i think instead we live in different seasons and the important thing is and the way to stay in healthy patterns is to recognize the seasons and recognize when it's busy and when it's calm when you can mm-hmm. when you can put pedal to the metal and when you can get more rest and stuff like that um rather than trying to live a balanced life i, I just don't think it's i don't know i think it's just something that we've construed in our heads but i don't know anybody that really lives like that
1: yeah, I th- I think what's powerful about this recognizing season idea is by recognizing the season that you're in, you can, um, more effectively than judge your season versus somebody else's. You know, because I think you're absolutely right. It's you know it's it's not fair right. to you or to <laughs> of course absolutely <laughs> to say well I want to be like this person over here, or I want to be successful like them, or I want to be doing what they want to do. Well, they could be in a completely different uh, financial season, health season, you, you know, or whatever. And yeah. I think that's the, that's the unhealthy pattern is all of a sudden, you know, it's the comparison game. And of course we've even talked about some of that on social Facebook, or social media and stuff like that in the past on different podcasts, but that that's not fair right. because I they're in a different season a different than season. me. Oftentimes, you
0: know. Well, and that's um, and that's why a lot of young people get married and they go into huge debt because they look at what their parents or their parents' friends or older people what it took them thirty years to get and they try to buy it all at once. It's because they're not they're not recognizing their season that they're in a season of I, I can't have the nicest house and the nicest car because I can't afford it. Um, and so that becomes an unhealthy pattern right there. And so we mm-hmm. have to, we have to recognize these times in life and, um, and Dustin, I think for me personally, I can usually tell when those seasons are about to change. Um, and it's not always a huge event, like having a newborn or like getting married, but sometimes there just seems to be a little something different. Like maybe my focus is beginning to change or maybe, yeah. um, I just feel like I'm being tugged in another direction or maybe something new is on my heart. And so a lot of times I can feel those seasons changing and I can, and, and, and it allows me to recognize and prepare for when they do
1: yeah and I tell you what what this has helped me. I've actually I preached a sermon on this seven months ago about yeah, yeah, you did. Um, working your season and, I, and you know and since then I, it was something that was always on my mind and you know my heart closed because we are you know we're in, we're in certainly new and often difficult seasons you know being young leaders with young families. We'll
0: link that in the show notes too. Um,
1: but uh, one of the things that thinking like that has helped me do, is I just refuse to allow myself to miss out on the seasons that I'm in. And so, you know, I definitely found myself almost like in high school, you know, you can't wait for college. You know, it feels like high school's forever and you can't wait for that mm-hmm. next step. And then all of a sudden you're in college and it's great. But then, you know, somewhere along the line, I man, I just can't wait to get out and be making money. Or I can't, you know, I'm tired of being single. I can't wait to date. Or then i am tired of dating. I can't wait to get married. And so yeah. it's always this I you're can't, I can't, I, can't wait, I can't wait. I can't wait. And so, you know, especially now that I have you know, having children—I know that sounds all sappy and sentimental—but I refuse to say, "Well, boy, I just, I just blew past some of the most precious years of my children's life just because I couldn't wait to make a little bit more money, or I couldn't wait to have more yeah. influence, or or whatever." And you know, and certainly, I still want those things, but it's not the season I'm in, and I can't force it to happen. So I refuse to don't to sac- allow myself to sacrifice.
0: Yeah, don't sacrifice your season. That's good.
1: So, so that
0: that will be my closing thought. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll link that sermon in the show notes in case you uh, in case you want to check out um, preacher extraordinary Pastor Dustin Bates.
1: That's right, that's right. Please no please no negative comments because Jesus is watching.
0: And it hurts your feelings.
1: And it hurts my feelings. Really, that's really the reason why, because I cry easily.
0: All right, everybody, let us know what you think. Um, you can certainly email me, jonathan at jonathanpearson.net, or you can um, leave a comment on Twitter, at jonathanpearson. Um, or you can rate us on iTunes. That would be awesome, Dustin. It that would, still, be, that it's, would be awesome. It still says I mean, we not haven't enough gotten ratings. Over that,
1: we haven't gotten over that one star that my mom left. I yeah, mean, that's, been, that's been pretty, pretty crushing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I we, I hardly went over there for Christmas. It was terrible. Yeah. You yeah. know, but we if we have made up. then. some there, of our comment,
0: uh, comments were very uncalled for. <laughs> very
1: uncalled for. <laughs> I can't help but that I look like that. <laughs> hey, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you and I uh, know you're doing out there doing great things. So uh keep keep leading.
0: All right. Y'all have a good one.
1: See ya.